0: On June 10, 2015, 45-year-old Yulia Masny and her 12-year-old daughter Valeria Lachinko were found deceased in the home they shared in Tijuana, Mexico. The community was shocked when Yulia's 19-year-old daughter Anastasia Lachinko was accused of the crime. Despite Anastasia's confession, some people believe that she is innocent. Could a cartel be to blame for the murders? Or is it true that Anastasia killed her mother and sister because she thought they were practicing witchcraft? You're listening to Bad Axe Podcast. Hello and welcome to Bad Axe Podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Blinka.
1: And I'm your co host, Aaron.
0: We are brought to you by the Pod Moth Media Network, the most amazing podcast network around. So if you have not already, please consider listening to the other Pod Moth Network shows.
1: Yeah, you definitely should.
0: Yes. As a quick note, like we've been trying to do, if you would like to support the show, please consider joining our Patreon for bonus content. It starts out at just $1 and you get extra shows to listen to you. To go to our Patreon, it's patreon.com backslash Pod. but I also have a link in the show notes, hopefully. Yes. I've been working on this. It's going to happen. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Today, we are going to Playas de Tijuana in Baja, California, which is only about half a mile from the United States border in California. Some of you probably know that. The year is 2015. Playa de Tijuana is a beach town and a tourist attraction, so it has a thriving cultural scene. But, fun fact, Tijuana is the westernmost city in Mexico and one of the largest, but also the most dangerous.
1: The most dangerous city in the world.
0: Yes, Aaron knows that. Because we looked it up to be sure, but apparently Tijuana is the most dangerous city in the world, which is wow. Because there are literal wars. And that was the part that really got me <laughs> when I was looking up information about Tijuana. Because there's a lot of really great pictures of Tijuana, especially of the playas part. Yeah. The beach looks amazing. It seems like a cool place to go. But I guess right behind the beach is just not not as great. There's more cartel stuff going on It's part of the problem. Yeah. But I was just like, there are actual wars. How is this the most dangerous city? But I think the reason why is because they focus on murders, not so much overall scariness.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: Maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe they still somehow have more deaths, but it feels like if there's a war zone, wouldn't that be...
1: I would think so. You know what I mean? Like, Uh I would think so.
0: Or maybe just because people aren't usually traveling to a war zone... You know, like, I don't know. Maybe they are. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. But regardless, Tijuana apparently not safe. Yeah. I mean, I would probably still go there. It seems like a fun place to go, but maybe be careful. Yes. Okay, so one reason for all these murders, as I mentioned a couple of seconds ago, is that the Tijuana cartel operates out of that city. I know you probably were shocked to learn that the Tijuana cartel is from Tijuana, but...
1: I was shocked, actually.
0: Yes, so that means that <laughs> yes. drug and human trafficking have been an issue, and both of these crimes will be relevant to our case today. Because, again, we are doing a Tijuana case. Now, when searching for a case this week, I just want to give you a brief note. I was inspired by watching Haunted.
1: Haunted.
0: On Netflix. And I know they say that they are true stories, but we all know that they are not true. Those, There's no way those are true stories Netflix. Stop lying to us. But, regardless... I was inspired because there are some cases like brujería on them, like Mexican witchcraft or whatever, that are on there. And so I wanted to do a nice, spooky Mexican witchcraft case, which is not our first one, but this is going to be like the big one. Well, it was, but it's not. It's a little bit sidetracked. And you'll see why. Because when I was looking for a great one, I discovered that, first of all, there are a lot of witch murders in Mexico. Like, way more than I was expecting.
1: Yeah, right? I wouldn't expect it to be, like, more than average, you know?
0: So, apparently, people just blame people for being witches all the time when they get murdered. Wow. And I think it's partially because witchcraft is more a little bit more common, but also not so common, I guess, that it's accepted. So, a lot of people over there apparently use brujeria, especially, like, certain classes of people, to deal with with health problems and money problems. And it's sort of mainstream, because you might think we see botanicas a lot, and botanicas are pretty mainstream. But, at the same time, everyone's not on board with it. And some people are not so happy about brujeria, so, like, that becomes a blame that people put for murder.
1: Yeah, I got you.
0: Yes, and so that's kind of what we're going to be looking at today, is the people we're talking about, none of them are actually brujas, but we do have some sneaky, blaming nonsense that's going to happen. Awesome. We have a made-up hex. (laughs) Okay, so today we're talking about 19-year-old Anastasio Lachinko and her family. Now, Anastasio had just recently returned home to her family home in June 2015, She was sharing that home with her mother, 45-year-old Yulia Mazny, and her sister, 12-year-old Valeria Lachinko. A former acrobat, Yulia, the mother, turned heads with her thick blonde hair, hazel eyes, and gymnast body. Her youngest daughter, Valeria, was tall like her parents, and she had long blonde hair, blue eyes, and a calm face. Valeria was also diagnosed with autism as a young girl, so that affected how she behaved and acted. Anastasia's father Igor Lachenko, lives separately from the family because his relationship with Yulia dissolved shortly after Valeria's birth 12 years prior. A talented acrobat, Igor immigrated to Mexico from Moscow, Russia in 1991 to build a new life. There he joined a Russian circus as a performer, which sounds amazing.
1: That does sound pretty cool.
0: I would really like to perform in a circus, not with animals because animals, like, I don't want them to be abused and whatnot, but I think circus performers are so cool. Like, legit, really cool.
1: Yeah, yeah I agree.
0: Yeah, so he is a circus performer, and while he is working for the Atai Day Circus, a fellow acrobat caught his eye. Because Yulia Masny was also an acrobat, and she was tall and beautiful, and he just couldn't stop looking at her. So they ended up meeting, talking, falling in love, and getting together. Now, Yulia lists herself as being Russian, but some sources suggest that she probably grew up in the Ukraine and just adopted the persona of being Russian when she joined the circus, since it is a Russian circus. Makes sense. So the pair fell in love and spent years performing alongside each other. And Igor and Yulia actually stayed with the Atide Circus until 1995. But by that point, they were ready to settle down and start a family. So they made their home in San Luis Potosi, which is where they had Anastasia. However, they eventually moved to Tijuana. There, Igor supported his family by working as a gymnastics instructor. Igor described Anastasia as a beautiful girl who friends viewed as a princess. She was slim but curvy and had her mother's blonde hair and bright eyes. Now, I know we're talking a lot about people being beautiful in this episode, which is normally gross, But I promise you, if you look up pictures of these women, they are all just ethereal is the word. Like, the mom, Yulia, the daughter, Anastasia, and the daughter, Valeria, like, they look like paintings. They're very, very beautiful. She's less beautiful now, having gone through some stuff. (laughs) (laughs) But at the time that all this went down, just absolutely dropped dead. I mean, sickeningly beautiful. (laughs) So that's kind of why I mentioned it in the first place. I know that it's kind of annoying when we're talking about murder cases and people are like, oh, she was so beautiful. But in this case, literally all of these women are just, well, Valeria is a child, but they're all very, very beautiful. (laughs) Which is gross to say, but that is, I'm not kidding. If you just look it up, you'll understand what I'm talking about. So, now that I've been creepy for five seconds, we are going to talk about how Anastasia went from being this adored little princess child to not so great. Apparently, over time, Anastasia became cruel. And very rude. And she was mean to her family. She defied rules. And she basically just sought out a path of rebellion. And we all know that as a teenager, that's normal. But Anastasia really took it to another level. She sought out the drug culture, which is dangerous in a cartel city. It's not so much that they were worried necessarily about her dabbling in things like marijuana like a lot of teens do. They were more concerned that she was literally associating with cartel members and kind of trying to bring them around and also just going off with them. So it was creating a problem at her home because they were worried about her being trafficked and things like that because she was spending so much time around these cartel members. Now, during this time, she also developed a really bad relationship with her mother. And essentially, as soon as she turned 14, they started fighting constantly. And although she now describes her mom as this beautiful woman who is a good mom, she spent most of her teens posting a lot of hateful imagery about her mom and also would just disappear from the family home for long periods of time. Now, she had left home at least three times over her teen years. And during that time, her parents genuinely thought she might be being trafficked because remember, she was with this drug cartel. And again, she is like very, very aesthetically pleasing to look at. So, they had this impression that she would be the prime target for these sex traffickers, which are very active in that area of Tijuana. So, they had called the police all these times and had all these searches out for her. And the police, to be fair, unlike a lot of these cases, actually did go look for her. And at one point, they found her with some cartel members, but she was too old for them to make her come home at that point. So, at that point, she was like 18, I think. Yeah. But so, this was like a repeated thing for her, though, that she would run off and she would, her parents would think, Oh my God, this happened. She's been trafficked. And then it would turn out that she was just off doing drugs with someone. And I guess she was dating cartel members, but not necessarily, again, being trafficked. During this time, as she was getting more and more into drug culture, she did dabble in cannabis, but she started using crystal meth and ecstasy. And this is where things sort of go wrong for her because. Crystal meth is kind of a brutal drug. Not to be trashing on crystal meth, but I think it's one of the scariest ones for me. And that was kind of where she was landing in terms of using drugs at this point.
1: Yeah, that's not a good path to be going down, man.
0: Yes. So, at this point, you know, she's 19. She's doing these hard drugs. And it has become a problem for her and for her family. Since she had been willing to come back home, they decided to help her go into rehab. So, in summer 2015... Her dad took her to this treatment program and left her at rehab. She did complete the program. So she comes out of rehab clean on June 1st, 2015. Her father picks her up from the rehab and takes her home to live at her mother's house. During this trip, her father says that she looked really great. She looked healthy. She looked like the old Anastasia. Things were looking up and everything seemed to be going well at first. But one week after leaving rehab, a dark thought crept into Anastasia's head. According to some sources, and this is based on what Anastasia has told people over the years, she spent the past five days prior to this using crystal meth. And she wandered the streets looking for drugs. So she was just leaving her mom's house trying to find some drugs to take. And eventually she ran out of money and could not get any more meth. And this is the point at which she goes back to her mother's house to plan her next steps. She retrieved a pair of extra keys from the washing machine at the house and let herself inside. When she entered the home, she says the house was a mess. And she was about to make a very brutal discovery. This is what she says now. And certainly the house was a disaster in the days after this happened when the neighbors called police but the question is how did it get this way? Did Anastasia trash the house or did someone who broke in? And that sort of becomes the question in this case. Now, a lot of people have made up their mind and you will understand why, but there is a little bit of a, mm, is this really what happened with this case? It might've been the drugs that Anastasia was on or maybe she just wanted money from her mom and mom said no. Maybe her mother wanted to send her back to rehab or maybe she's always had darkness inside of her. There's no way to know exactly what went through her head. But according to a confession that Anastasia gave in the days after she got out of rehab, she sensed something dark around her mother and sister.
1: That's uh, an interesting way to phrase that.
0: Guess what it was.
1: Is it witchcraft?
0: It's witchcraft. It's witchcraft. Oh my God. I
1: couldn't have seen that coming.
0: Yes. They were hexing her. She was sure of it. Her mother and her sister were brujas.
1: Oh, of course they were.
0: According to her and or the drugs, which I have (laughs) definitely think the drugs were involved in this.
1: Yep.
0: Now, on June 8th, Anastasia decided to defend herself against the Hex in the worst way possible. She attacked her mother and sister, strangling them. Oh, no. According to some reports, she actually hanged her sister.
1: Oh, wow. That's brutal. I don't know how
0: you do that. That's not on my list of things to do.
1: No, no, no. But it
0: gets worse. Because once they were dead, she used a kitchen knife to dismember them. She cut off the bodies, beheading them, and then quartering them. She basically, she cut off the arms and the legs.
1: Jesus Christ. Oh, Lord.
0: And she says that she did her mom first and then turned to her sister. But it also gets worse. Because she also removed her mother's heart and her sister's eyes. Yeah. Why, though? Because something to do with the hex, Aaron... And also I also highly suspect the crystal meth.
1: Yeah, for real.
0: I feel like Meth was driving this bus personally, but she did cut out her mother's heart and her sister's eyes. Some reports say that she may have cut out both their both each of their hearts and each of their eyes, but her confession that she's given the most times says one heart, one eyes.
1: Man, that is crazy. Yeah.
0: And then after she did this, she flushed them down the toilet to stop the witchcraft. The heart and the eye specifically. Wow. I don't really think that's how that worked. And I do not think that you should be uh, flushing people's eyes and hearts to break spells.
1: Yeah, I've never heard of that.
0: Yeah, not a thing. Not a thing, people. Anyway, so after she had done that, she packed up the dismembered body parts into trash bags and lugged them out into the garage. Neighbors passing the Lachinko home noticed a stench.
1: Uh, understandably so. Yes.
0: And as the days went by, the smell grew stronger and stronger. And finally, on June 10th, two days after the murder, neighbors called police to report the smell. When the officers arrived at the home, they discovered the source of the smell. The trash bags in the garage. Police opened the trash bags to find the cut-up remains of Yulia and Valeria. Soon, they discovered that the mother and daughter didn't live in the house alone. Once police discovered the body, they decided to question the only member of the household who was still alive, Anastasia. But, surprise, Anastasia wasn't home.
1: Of course not.
0: Where could she be? Could she be a victim? This is what the police are thinking immediately. So they launch a search for Anastasia. they thinking at best she could be a witness at least, but maybe she could have been a victim or the perpetrator. And when they found her, police quickly determined that Anastasia had left the house on her own, and upon questioning, she confessed to murdering and dismembering her mother and sister on the day that they found the bodies. Meanwhile, no one told Igor that his ex-wife and daughter were dead, nor that his elder daughter had confessed to the crime. Instead, he says that he found out about all of it on social media.
1: That is not cool. No, Holy that's shit. his
0: daughter. Like, it's bad enough that the ex-wife... Because I feel like I would want to know that. But the child, is that's his daughter and his other daughter. And no one told him.
1: Yeah, finding that out on social media would suck. Mm-hmm. Holy shit.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, despite Anastasia's confession, Judge Ana Isabel Flores Placentia didn't think the confession was proof of the crime by itself. So on Monday, June thirteenth, 2015... Flores Placencia ruled against an arrest order sending police back to their investigation. However, police managed to find some more evidence to support their case against Anastasia in the days after the ruling. Hi, my name's Jesse, and I'm addicted to paranormal stories. Hi, Jesse. I started having problems when I would get into a YouTube dark hole at 3 a.m., and then I couldn't even sleep when I tried because I kept envisioning Hat Man standing right outside my bedroom door. Hi, my name's Erica. And I'm addicted to paranormal hi, stories. Hi, Erica. I spend every waking hour listening to true crime podcasts or reading stories on the No Sleep subreddit. Even my dreams have creepy pasta vibes. Does, Does this, this sound, sound like, like you? you? Then dive into the abyss of the unknown and unexplained with a couple of fellow nerds. Tune into the Paranerds podcast with Jesse and Erica, your host with the ghost. I don't have ghost. You have We're two semi-competent paranormal researchers diving into history, legends, theories, conspiracies, and more. Join us every Every Saturday as we dissect various topics and speculate wildly. Find Paranerds on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Ah, you jerk. Now, it's not clear what this evidence is, but it was enough to convince the judge to sign an arrest warrant when they returned to court on Friday, June 19th, 2015. Good. Good. Yes, yeah, so this is about eight days after the murder when Anastasia is arrested. But she was not at the murder house, which might be because it was a crime scene. It might just be because she didn't want to be at the murder house. So police had to do a mini search and hoping to track her down fast. They notified the public that they were looking for her and tips submitted by police and to social media helped them locate Anastasia in a park five blocks from the home she shared with her family. This park, I also believe, was a beach, if I'm not mistaken.
1: It sounds nice, except for the murder.
0: Um, Yes, so they were able to arrest Anastasia the day of her arrest warrant. And after her arrest, Baja California State Deputy Prosecutor Jose Maria Gonzalez told authorities that investigators determined Anastasia committed the crime alone with no help from accomplices. And if convicted of the crime, she had faced 50 to 80 years in prison. But the plot thickens. Because about a week or so after her confession, Anastasia made a shocking accusation in court. She claimed that police abused and sexually assaulted her to force a confession. And in reality, she insisted that she was innocent. Wow. This is where the case kind of takes a turn. Because in Anastasia's recount of the events, she said that police started their interrogation by shouting at her and when she didn't confess, they beat her and touched her in a sexual manner. As she fought to maintain her innocence, she says that police took her to a motel where they forced her to perform oral sex. She told her supporters, quote, They took me, yelled at me, slapped and squeezed me. They tied my hands and feet. I received verbal attacks and they touched my vagina. That's what two officers did. And after they apprehended me, another officer. I pleaded guilty because they told me that nothing would happen. Unquote. She also said that prison authorities had drugged her. Obviously, police denied the allegations, but, I mean, they would either way, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't see a scenario where they're going to be like, oh, man, we thought she wouldn't say anything.
1: Yeah, for real. Oh, no.
0: So it's really hard because, like, the confession is so detailed and matches the evidence and makes sense, especially given her drug use. But I also know that police do shady stuff and some of her things that she says, like them telling her that nothing would happen to her, that happens a lot in false confessions where they tell the person it nothing's going to happen. That's true. So I will tell you personally, after reading her recount of the events, what she says happened, I initially did not believe that it was a false confession. And I still mostly believe that she's guilty, but I don't know for sure. So let's talk about some of the things that happened after this initial confession. After Anastasia withdrew her confession, her brother and her, and her friend came forward with a surprising revelation. They told police and the media that Anastasia actually confessed the crime to them shortly after the murders. Concerned, they had relayed this information to her father. Keep in mind that the confessions she made to her boyfriend and this friend were separate from the police interview and her friends believed that Anastasia was guilty. Additionally, someone filmed Anastasia around the time of the crime, confessing to the murder, and posted that video on YouTube. And in the video, she talks about specific parts of the murder and what she did, which is obviously very alarming and makes her seem very guilty. Yep. And the court became convinced, based on all of this information from witnesses, that the abuse allegations were just a defense strategy that was supposed to help Anastasia escape responsibility. Like, we didn't do it, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: And based on the testimony from these other witnesses, the judge ordered Anastasia be detained in prison. And there, she cut off her long blonde hair and started doing crafts to pass the time while she waited to hopefully get out of prison. Now, shortly after she was remanded to prison, the Russian government announced that they'd be helping with Anastasia's case. So, Russia has basically been trying to help her... I guess mount a defense. But the part that was confusing to me is there was never a point at which she went to trial and received a conviction. And I was confused about that because I really thought they were just holding her in jail indefinitely until they got to the trial. But it appears that because she did confess, that the court decided to just accept the confession and just send her to jail as a convicted murderer. Because she's listed as being convicted of this crime at this time. Wow. And it appears that she's serving up to 50 years, but not necessarily 50 years, because the, her sentence has never been, like, in stone.
1: Yeah, that's weird. I wonder how that works. That's, that's yeah, crazy. Yeah, that
0: part was really confusing to me, and I read every single thing that I could find out about this. And it looks like they just accepted her confession, labeled her convicted, and then gave her up to 50 years, and she's just in jail.
1: Yeah, and that's just how it is, I guess, But she's
0: not finished. She's been maintaining her innocence. And in 2018, her lawyer actually made the rounds in the press claiming that she was innocent and was trying to get her case re-looked at. But that appears to not have worked because she is still in jail at this time and is probably going to be serving up to that 50 years. But she did do an interview explaining her new version of events. So I wanted to talk about that a little bit. I started telling you that story at the beginning when I told you that she broke into the house essentially using those extra keys from the washing machine. And she says she found the house in disarray. Well, she claims that it was not her that made the house messy. She says she found it like that and her mother and her sister were not in the house. But she could smell something really bad coming from the shed behind their house. Now this shed is what they were using as a garage. So according to her version of events that she told years after the crime, she went into the shed to find out what the smell is and she found the garbage bags there herself and opened them up and found her mother and sister and freaked out. She claims that after she freaked out, she just ran off and didn't want to tell police because she was just afraid and she just stayed out of the house until the police came and found her and accused her of the crime. Hmm... Now, at first, I'm thinking this sounds ridiculous, but I think there's one thing about this case that makes me think it's possible that Anastasia is telling the truth. And that's the fact that she had ties to the drug cartel. Okay. If you recall, Anastasia was very, very, very tied into members of the drug cartel. She did drugs, she got drugs from them, and she was in the process of her parents trying to rehab her. And I just wonder if she angered someone in the drug cartel. Yeah. That could have attacked her family.
1: That could be. I mean, that's logical, right?
0: I know. It's weird because normally in a regular case, I would say there's this doesn't make sense. Like, why would you confess to these particular details? She She told so many different people these stories. But with her being so on drugs, the drugs simultaneously kind of make her seem like she might commit the crime and also might falsely confess to it.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: And then... The fact that we do know that cartels do kill people and they do dismember people, too. That's a thing. Yeah. So is it possible that one of her drug cartel connections went to the house either looking for her or was just lashing out at her family for trying to interfere with, you know, her involvement with the cartel? Could that have been what happened?
1: I think it's very plausible.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it's so it's so weird because like then part of me also thinks that on meth it's I know people sometimes get paranoid. We've talked about that before. Is it possible that her paranoia from the meth made her actually believe this witchcraft thing and think, oh, my God, mom and sis are hexing me. I have to do something
1: that also is very logical.
0: Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like there's just so many questions in this case. And I thought it was a really interesting rabbit hole to fall down. Because you have this girl who seems to have, she really kind of seems to have everything aside from her having this rocky past with drugs. And then she all of a sudden commits this terrible murder, butchers her, her mom and her sister blames witchcraft and then comes out with these shocking allegations after all of it. It's just this whirlwind of what?
1: Yeah, for real. You've brought up a lot of good points and a lot of different possibilities that could be at play here, you know, and it's, it's hard to say for sure, but my, my gut listening to this case is that she did this crime and drugs may have played a big part of that, you know, either that she was on drugs and, and you know, kind of had some delusions of witchcraft or maybe that she was just wanting money for drugs and, you mm-hmm. know, and killed her family because of that. Like, that seems like the most likely possibility, but, I mean, a lot of what you've brought up about, you know, the cartel and other uh, uh, alternatives. I mean, that makes sense. You know, it's very possible.
0: Yeah. Now, we'll never know exactly what happened in the house that day, but police are sure they caught the right person. In the meantime, Anastasia says that she's had a comfortable time in jail. She does crafts. she puts on makeup, she's taking classes, and she imagines what her life used to be she's still claiming her innocence and she hopes to get out of jail and she says if she does she wants to move in with her father and she plans to study nursing
1: well that's good
0: yeah it's nice it's confusing but it's nice
1: yeah agreed.
0: yeah i just makes me wonder i really want to know if she did it
1: yeah we the, may never know the
0: extra confessions really make me think she did
1: yeah for real to
0: her friends and on video and stuff there is a youtube video you can watch obviously it's in spanish but you can watch her confess but it's mm, i don't know
1: yeah it's it's hard to say but yeah you're right the extra confessions definitely look bad for her
0: yeah it's just she's given such detailed interviews afterwards saying she didn't do it that that also makes me suspicious yeah all right, well, if anything happens with this case, we will keep you updated. So if she gets out or if something else exciting happens, maybe she confesses again. We will let you know. But in the meantime, please consider supporting our show and getting extra content over on Patreon. Patreon.com backslash Bad Pod. We also have a Buy Me a Coffee account at BuyMeACoffee.com backslash Bad Pod. You can connect with us on social media at at Bad Pod on everything. And we are most active on Instagram, but I am working hard on getting into the swing of getting Facebook posts up and also our Twitter. For a long time, we had so many more people on Instagram than Facebook, I just stopped posting over there. But I do see you pop in there sometimes. I'll notice people pop in and be like, oh, this is kind of dead. I'm not going to join this necessarily. But do, and I will make an effort to repost there.
1: Yes, please join.
0: Yes. Now, you can also email us with your suggestions, your feedback, your questions, your undying love for us.
1: Absolutely. At
0: badxpod at gmail.com. And Aaron's going to tell you about the website.
1: We have an amazing website for you guys. It's called badxpod.com, and you should definitely go over there. It's very cool. I also
0: keep meaning to update the website. I was going to do a blog, and there's no blog.
1: Not yet. Not yet, but you know, it's. (laughs) You keep checking in with us, and we have a lot of amazing content, as you all know. Yeah. And show us some love because we love you, and, you know, you love us. So, I mean, it's just. Oh, you know what? You
0: could also leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I would really like that.
1: Yes, we love the five stars.
0: Yeah, we do. So we will see you very soon. We love you and hope that you enjoyed this this episode soon with a new episode. Bye-bye.
1: Bye.